0: Welcome to episode 6 of Lessons from a Horse. In this episode, I'll be interviewing energy coach Kate Baldwin. Kate is a UK-based equestrian sports scientist who specializes in using horse-friendly training methods, which focus on using functional biomechanics and communication rather than physical control. After a lifetime of working with horses in different disciplines, And having gained a master's in research degree in equestrian performance, Kate has created a simple training process for any rider wishing to improve the partnership and performance with their horse. Kate works with riders using a holistic approach to offer personal energy management coaching to help them to become the best version of themselves for their horse. This focuses on analysis of the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual domains of energy and identifying strategies to overcome stressors to create an easier and happier environment in which the horse and rider can flourish in partnership. nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um,
1: Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Energy work is something I'm super fascinated with. So I'm really excited to talk with you and learn more about what you're doing and what you're offering. So really cool stuff. Um, So we can go ahead and get right into it then. Um, Brilliant. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, how you got started with horses and how you got into the energy work and that kind of thing.
1: Um, okay, well, I mean, I'm I'm obviously from the UK. Um, I live in, I currently live in South Wales in the UK. Um, I've lived in various different places around the UK and I've kind of worked, worked in a number of different locations. Um, but I've always worked with horses in various different disciplines. Um, it was never really an active choice that I was going to kind of end up working for horses. It just kind of happened. Um, I I mean, I always had horses very, from a very young age when I was a child, even though my parents weren't particularly into horses. Okay. Um, I... I mean, as I was growing up, my grandmother had a farm, so we always had ponies available there, and I spent the majority of my childhood just kind of going out, playing around in the fields, playing with ponies, playing with animals, like whatever animals were on the farm, nice. and just having a bit of a, bit of a lovely time, really. Awesome. Um, so when I left school, I wasn't really sure what to do, but I knew that I loved horses, and at that point in time, um, equine colleges were just beginning to get quite big over here. Okay. So uh-huh. the want of anything better to do, I thought I'd go to college for a couple of years to an equine college. Um, so I had a lovely, lovely few years, I think three years I was at equine college for. And then the progression from that was to go into the industry and actually get a job working with horses. And. Um, So from there on, I kind of I did various different jobs, working as a groom, working as a rider. So very kind of hands on with horses. Um, I worked in dressage to begin with. Then I moved on to a yard that was. um, It was a lot of uh, bringing young horses on, dealing with hunting horses, so getting them fit and taking them hunting, um, and also producing horses for point to point racing. So that was really, really good fun. Loads of riding. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, it progressed from there. I, I kind of then went into more yard management types of roles, um, becoming, you know, head grooms, yard managers of various different places. Um, one of my later jobs, I actually worked on an Olympic dressage yard and I was a head girl there for a short time. Wow. Um, I mean absolutely amazing experience it was fabulous and they were fabulous people to work for um however for me it wasn't what I wanted to do you know I enjoyed oh, yeah. being um you know I mean being around horses that were kind of so fantastically well bred and yeah. so highly produced was just phenomenal yeah yeah um but, I mean, for me, I it, it wasn't a riding position. And for me, I love riding, and that is kind of what fuels me. Um, so I moved on from there to um, to another position then that, um, that involved a lot more riding and kind of practical producing of okay. horses and uh-huh. that kind of thing. Um, from there, I mean, I freelanced for quite a while, for a number of years, um, and then ended up, In showing, Um, I don't know if you guys have a big kind of showing community in the US. We do. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I know it's a
0: little different than over in Europe, but we do have um, a big, big showing community. Yeah. Um, I myself actually don't do a lot of showing, um, but it's definitely around. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah well I mean it's it's quite big over here it's very popular um, and I ended up working for a big show producer um, as their main rider so we had anything from about 30 to 40 horses in training wow. um, producing them for different clients we had a lot of very difficult horses and a lot of incredibly beautiful horses um, and we had a fabulous time going to all the different shows going to the big shows you know kind of spending a week at the Royal International Horse Show and then another week at Horse of the Year Show then at the end of the season which is kind of um, the end of the competitive season. Then we'd have a little bit of a break and then we'd start again kind of after Christmas producing the youngsters and bringing them out again. Um, So it was fabulous and I loved it Um, but however I did have a few nasty falls and quite a few nasty broken bones Mm. um which kind of comes (laughs) with with it a little bit unfortunately um so at that point I mean I had the one injury where I thought you know I need to rethink things here because Mm. I'd I'd been badly injured enough that I needed to take about six months off to recover properly okay Uh um so at that point I thought right okay I need to do something different and I need to do something that I can maybe do for a longer period of time as I get older yeah more sustainable yeah yeah a little bit more sustainable um so at that point I decided to go back to university and get my degree which was a huge change in lifestyle um So I spent I spent three years then studying for my undergraduate degree and alongside that I was also freelancing as a rider and as a coach Um, predominantly in dressage also training a little bit with show riders as well helping them out. Um, So I had three years studying which was incredibly hard work Um, but it, it was fantastic having worked for so long because i think i probably worked in the industry for about about 13 14 years okay. i think before uh-huh. i went back to university so i had a yeah. lot of experience in a lot yeah, of different yeah. disciplines then going back to university and learning a lot more in depth about the theory behind things so you okay. know equine physiology and you know all the science side of everything yeah. Um, the nutrition as well I'm really big into nutrition I love that side of it okay. um, but what really really got to me was the horse and rider performance and looking mm-hmm. at all different aspects of horse and rider performance um so I um I did I did my research into back pain in riders okay. um, and that produced a research paper which was then presented at the isis conference the international society for equity in science yeah yeah um so that was that was that was pretty phenomenal actually researching the levels of pain that riders are actually experiencing on a daily basis Mm. and talking to them about about the kind of effects that that has on them in their day-to-day life sure yeah um you know some really some pretty some pretty big things that were going on that people were then saying, you know, this is actually affecting my horse. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I know, so
0: that, um, I, I went through a period of dealing with back pain myself, and I can definitely relate, and I know that can certainly have an effect on your horse, and even your life outside of horses and everything, so I can appreciate that, yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I think it kind of, it comes, comes with it a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, But I mean, particularly, you know, all of these riders that were saying that they were getting injured, and they weren't actually doing anything about getting better, so they weren't Mm. giving themselves any time for recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and as a consequence, then they were they were struggling then in later life with the after of these injuries, and you know they were reporting things like like frustration with the horses because of because of the pain that they were mm. experiencing, mm. it was then making them a little bit more kind of on edge. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, the effect that that can then have on the horse is, you that know, it can kind be of
2: significant. Is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so from there, following that research, I then decided to go on and do a master's degree. So I did a master's in research in equestrian performance, um, because I wanted to look at this in a little bit more depth. And at this point, I was then introduced to the concept of personal energy management by a professor that had, um, that had joined the university at that point. And to me, I just kind of, I just fell in love with this concept. Because to me, it, it was the culmination of everything that I've been learning about in terms of all the kind of physical and mental aspects of horse and rider performance yeah and and it kind of it brought it all together and then from there riders actually then had a way forward to try and improve their quality of lives and therefore the quality of their life with the horse as well um yeah definitely and you know as well as i mean with the competition aspect Mm -hmm. as well okay Yeah. Which, I mean, this, this is the kind of thing that over here, I mean, you guys probably do it in the US as well with your, um, with your Olympic riders. Um, But, you know, energy management is something that we, that we look at very much in terms of marginal gains for our elite riders.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think it's something Um, that's becoming more and more people are thinking about it and becoming aware of it. So um, that's really cool to see it becoming more, I guess, mainstream, um, you know, where more people are talking about it. And um, it's just becoming a lot more thought about. So yeah, it's really cool to see how that's coming out more.
1: Definitely. And I think it's, it's being used a lot more, particularly in the US. It's being used a lot more in business and in a in a kind of yeah. corporate environment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and people are starting to recognise now that that managing energy actually has a really big effect on people's output and their performance in general, yeah. uh-huh. which is obviously then going to be beneficial to companies, right? Um, right. Yeah. And their, yeah. their kind of corporate output. Um. So yeah I kind of I I did a big research project then in terms of looking into personal energy management in dressage riders Um, and not very surprisingly I found that nobody that I interviewed and worked with during the course of this research project even gave the slightest thought to their energy levels and how they would go about managing it.
0: Interesting yeah. And it has such an effect
2: on
1: our horses too, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, it just—it doesn't even occur to them. They just kind of, they seem to accept that they are continually exhausted, both (laughs) physically and mentally. Yeah, yeah. And they know that this has an effect on them and an effect on their horse, but they don't actually know how to go about improving it.
0: Yeah, right, right. They're just kind of stuck in, like you said, exhausted all the time and not really knowing how to change things. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I've and been there too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, and I think it is, you know, it, it's not something that you ever kind of become an expert at or you mm-hmm. kind of, you. Do these kind of things and then it just fixes your life. I think it's a continual thing.
2: Oh, definitely. Um, Definitely.
1: But, I mean, I, I was working predominantly with competitive riders because obviously, you know, thinking about the way that you're managing your energy can have this huge effect on the horse and a huge effect on your actual performance in competition. Um. And we saw some some really quite big effects just from riders being aware of their energy management strategies, not necessarily doing an awful lot about it, but just being aware, did actually make them manage themselves and their time at competition in a better manner, um, and actually then produced better competition results, Mm. Um, which is really, really interesting. But what what I'm really more interested in is really get into that aspect of you know your average rider because mm. yes a lot of us compete um and you know we can utilize that kind of effect then um but you know the majority of us probably don't compete mm-hmm. uh, okay. but you know we still we like to We like to work with our horses. We Mm -hmm. have our horses mainly because we enjoy them and we like spending time with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that time can actually be improved by being aware of your energy and how Mm -hmm. you're actually interacting with your horse. Um, And I think a lot of the time we're told, you know, we're told to be aware of our energy when we're working with horses but what does that actually mean you know mm-hmm. to your average person how how do you even start to go about managing your energy or
0: yeah, yeah. Like,
1: you think about way. like when you
0: know i'm afraid right now or you know i'm angry right now and that's kind of i think the depth that people take take it but it can go so much deeper
2: um, absolutely you know, yeah i'm
0: being more aware of yeah all the subtle changes and everything um, you know we think about you know like you don't want to be, you know, showing fear to the horse and then can sense your fear. But there's a lot more to it than that.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of gone on from there, really. I mean, this is this has been a big interest of mine for a long time, along with dressage training and kind of working with my own horses and, um, you know, working with with other people and their horses and just trying to basically help people have a better time with their horses. Mm hmm you know, and kind of improving, improving the relationship between people and their horses.
2: Yeah, awesome.
1: So that's, that's kind of where I am at the moment.
0: Yeah, so um, you're offering energy coaching now, I believe. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah so um, I mean basically I'm, I'm at the point at the moment I'm in the process of setting up a business so okay. the website is under construction at the moment it's not quite live at the moment but it hopefully will be within the next kind of couple of weeks um, but I am I'm going I'm going to be offering a range of different things so um, my business is called Precision Equestrian Consultancy Um, And I'm looking to offer like a holistic kind of support package to riders and their horses. Okay. Um, And one of the things I'm going to be offering people both as part of a package in terms of like a full support program, but also as a standalone program that people can just access if they particularly want this energy coaching is um, I'm going to I'm going to offer this this personal energy management coaching program where people can actually work with me so basically we kind of we we go we go through a range of um a range of different sort of aspects of energy so with energy we're looking at four different domains so we've got the physical aspect so we've got physical energy we've got mental energy we've got emotional energy and then we've got what is called spiritual energy and a lot of people when you say spiritual energy a lot of people think oh that's something religious you know Mm. and maybe that's not particularly for me for a lot of people Mm. it will be for them um but you know it can be spiritual energy is more about or I like to think of it as being more about personal growth okay Um, Mm and that personal fulfillment and you know being really what you what you want to be in life and fulfilling kind of that need for for self-fulfillment and okay and growth and development yeah yeah. Yeah. um yeah so I mean that's that's a really big aspect of it um and that that can certainly influence all the other Three domains. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. the four domains of energy all influence each other. So the sure. physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do, I break it down into different sections. So I work with riders. First of all, I get them to do an energy audit. Um, so I think it's quite important as well to say, before I go any further, to say what this is not, before I then go on <laughs> to what this yeah. is. So it's not counselling. It's not therapy. OK, Okay. Uh, so you yeah. know, I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, I'm yeah. not <laughs> I'm not kind of offering therapy sessions or anything mm-hmm. like that to people. What I'm offering is solutions and strategies. So I'm okay. working with the client. It is predominantly led by the client. And that person has to be willing to make a change in okay. their life and be willing to try different strategies to make these improvements within their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everything is going to work for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I work very closely with the individual to try and find the thing that actually works for them. Um, So, you know, I, I have a rule. I will only coach people who feel that they are ready for that coaching and who are willing to actually, attempt different things to make a change sure. um you know otherwise you know what I don't want this to be is people who kind of just want to talk about their problems mm-hmm. and then maybe give something a little bit of a go half-heartedly mm-hmm. you know because that is not going to work
2: mm-hmm.
1: so you know people have got to be willing and ready to start making changes yeah. and give different things a go Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work for them. It's not going to work for me. You know, they're going to turn around and give me bad reviews and say, "Oh well, you know, I tried that. It yeah, didn't yeah. work." Uh-huh. You know, but really, they so, didn't
0: try it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be client led, Yeah. Okay. Okay. And. So what I do, I get them to complete an energy audit where we kind of look at the different domains of their life. So the four different energetic domains. OK. And they make an individual assessment of where they are actually feeling they are at that moment. Um, and from there, we can then kind of pinpoint where the main issues lie and which domain of energy they're lacking in the most. OK. Um, You know, some people will be lacking in one or two domains of energy. Some people will be lacking in all four. Or some people might be really high in a couple, but then really low in another couple. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I then do, so I do the energy audit to begin with. And then I do follow-up calls afterwards. So I'm going to be offering a two-month program. And in that time, I'm then looking at offering four follow-up calls. For after so following the energy audit okay so we have four follow-up calls where we we create a personal action plan and then with every call we review that we talk about the issues we put in place different strategies and different plans then to help people overcome this um and these might be quite small changes that they make or it might be really quite radical changes Um, you know it depends on the person and what they feel they need Um, but then hopefully throughout the course of the two months that that they can actually find things that that work for them you know and make these changes Mm -hmm. and within the two months you know things get a little bit more like habit and Mm -hmm. I'm there to provide the support so the ongoing support and Mm -hmm. encouragement for them but they're creating these, these changes, which are then becoming a habit yeah. over the two months, and then hopefully they can then continue with that. Um yeah, yeah. so it's kind of it,
0: yeah, so it's up to them to kind of take that and make those changes and follow through
1: on it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I'm gonna be offering this as part of a full support program as okay. well. So I will I'll take on people who want to train with their horse with me as well okay um and then all people who then also want to have this energy energy management coaching as part of that so it's okay gotcha. it's a holistic development program yeah
2: yeah
0: very cool yeah that sounds awesome
1: very cool yeah it's um it's good fun it's really good fun to work with different people and you know, and see what changes they can come up with and how that yeah. actually changes their life, because it really can be a really big shift in energy, mm-hmm. um, you know, particularly where people are actually, you know, they're doing something just because that's what they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't really know why they do it. It's paying the bills, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know they're not really particularly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And you know you can kind of you can turn that around with people so that they are, they're then doing something which is a lot more fulfilling to them. Mm. Um, you know whether that is completely changing their life or whether it's just mm-hmm. replacing two little different aspects of their life. Okay. Um, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all about identifying those aspects of your life that drains the energy from you okay and then putting little things in place that's gonna change that and boost your energy and you know give you a different kind of outlook and a different way of life that you can then sustain going forwards okay
0: very cool cool. yeah (laughs) yeah I think it does yeah yeah that sounds awesome yeah very cool um So it sounds like you've had a lot of pretty amazing experiences with horses throughout your career. Um, Have horses taught you anything um, that has affected your life kind of outside of horses? Can you talk about how maybe the energy work has affected your life and getting into that a little bit more?
1: Oh, I think, (laughs) I think around horses is is a continual learning experience. And I think sure. the more that I, the more that I learn and the more I become aware of, the more I realize there is so much more to learn. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, and and very, very often it's a case of, you know, you just you completely throw your previous ideas out the window because mm. you've just learned something brand new that you've yeah. never heard of before. Yeah. it just totally turns it around and you think well everything that i've believed in all these years actually now (laughs) completely that's a load of rubbish (laughs) and you know this is the way i should be doing it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i think horses have definitely taught me to keep an open mind okay uh uh-huh um you know and keep keep learning and keep keep being open to learning and open to new ideas um I think also the other thing that I very much learned is that everybody has their own struggles. You know, you might kind mm. of look at other people and think, oh, they've got the perfect life. I'd mm. love to be like them. Um, you know, particularly now that we've got social media. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody posts <laughs> their best self on social right, media. Right.
0: Yeah, we only share our perfect
1: pictures on social media. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but underneath it, you know, everybody is, everybody's just the same. You know, everybody has their own struggles and, you know, everyone is just trying to do their best. And I think horses are very, very good for just kind of, just teaching you to be present Mm -hmm. and, you know just being being very aware um you know and and that awareness of not being perfect and you know not expecting other people to be perfect as well you know we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. we're all just kind of trying to get along Mm -hmm. um you know and I think in general we I mean hopefully most people are quite accepting of horses making mistakes Mm -hmm. um I know that's certainly something I'm trying to be very kind of mindful about at the moment
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um but then I think when it comes to other people we're we're almost a little bit harsher with that you know and we don't Uh don't like it when other people make mistakes (laughs) mistakes
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: um, you know, and I mean I I myself I'm really, really hard on myself if I do make mm. a mistake and if I get something wrong. I think a um, lot of us are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's all a learning process, isn't it? You learn by yeah. making mistakes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's why I think particularly with my with my training, with my coaching, it's really, really important then to have this kind of safe learning space. Mm. Yeah. Where yeah you know where people are comfortable to make mistakes yeah. so that they can then move forward and you know actually learn from it mm-hmm. but you know i think it's in today's world particularly if you're a competitive rider it can be very very hard um because you're trying to fit in mm-hmm. you know you're trying to produce the best possible performance you're trying to yeah. fit in with everybody else yeah um a lot of pressure yeah. a huge amount of pressure and I think you know young people these days are specializing very very early um you know we've got all of the youth development programs Mm -hmm. and you've got you've got people who are basically kids competing Mm -hmm. at international levels yeah yeah um and it's, it's a huge amount for them to cope with and you know obviously we want riders to be able to continue riding for their entire lives you know and and always be around horses and enjoying that but I do think that amount of pressure when when people are so young can have that negative effect so I think it's it's really really important that everybody who's involved in training horses and riders is very aware of kind of you know just just being aware of that pressure Mm -hmm. the effect that it can have on people and wanting to actually keep keep alive that reason why we all got involved in horses in the beginning yeah
0: yeah and I think like you were saying before creating a safe space um you know that's something I always try to do with my own students is having a place where it's okay to make mistakes and we're here to have fun and yeah you know we want to Um, do the best that we can and reach the highest level that we can but you know really it's all about just our love for the horse and that's what got us into this in the first place so let's try and make sure that we hold on to that
1: absolutely and I mean the other thing I think that horses have taught me is the importance of just slowing down Mm, yeah Um, (laughs) yeah you know because we, we live in this, kind of this world where we're all yeah. a little bit crazy and we're trying to yeah. pack it as much as we possibly can
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but you know if we're like that around our horses it kind of freaks our horses out <laughs> yes um, <Yeah. laughs> you know I mean the amount of times I've kind of I've come home after a really tough day at work And I've been in a rush to go and get my horses in and they're out in the field, just kind of enjoying being out in the field, having a lovely time. And they're waiting for me to turn up to come and get them in for the night, Mm -hmm. put them to bed. And of course, I turn up and I'm I'm quite sort of, I'm quite tense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm thinking about everything that's gone wrong in that day.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then what happens? My horses don't want to be caught. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. You know, and... (laughs) It's not surprising, you know, because I think horses are really good at teaching us that, you know, Mm -hmm. if we don't present ourselves to horses properly, they don't want to be around us.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, one of my mares is very sensitive to energy and that kind of thing. And I know sometimes I kind of, you know, get in my routine and I just walk out to get her and I'm not really thinking about things or I'm thinking about, you know, whatever else I have to do. And I just kind of, you know, am rushing up to her and can't catch her then. But if I just, and I, I, I always know as soon as she walks away from me, I'm like, okay, let's, slow down a little bit here, (laughs) take a pause. And then as soon as I quiet myself down, she actually comes right up to me. So yeah, it's really, really interesting how perceptive they are to those kinds of things. And they really do kind of force us to become more aware of what we're doing and kind of think about things and slow down a little bit, like you said. Yeah
1: they do and I mean I think we've probably all had an experience where we've sort of where we've had a really bad day and then we've got home and it's all gone wrong with our horses and then Mm. we've just ended up kind of sitting there in tears Mm. tears of frustration Mm. um but you know I think this is this is what I'm trying to do is make people a little bit more aware of how they present themselves to their horses but also Mm. yeah I mean, it's taught me a lot about how I actually then present myself to other people as well. Um,
0: sure, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, because I think, you know, if any of us turn up in, in that kind of a state and we then try and interact with other people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's probably not going to have the best of outcomes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
1: you know, so I think it's it's definitely about about kind of learning to manage your energy levels yes, in that, yes. in that mm-hmm. respect and you know it can make a real difference in your life in terms of you know how much you're actually enjoying your life mm-hmm, Definitely. Um, you know and and also that I think with horses it's very much taught me as well that you don't have to give everything a reaction and mm-hmm. I think that goes for mm-hmm. people as well mm-hmm. sure. you know I mean my horses certainly are, are quite selective about what they respond to with me and, and what they choose to ignore mm-hmm. if they, you know, if they don't feel that like I'm communicating properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very much about not giving everything a reaction and just yeah. responding to yeah. Yeah. to what is actually appropriate and what yeah. isn't. Yeah. You know, and having those, those healthy boundaries as well with other people.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love talking about this stuff. Um, So in your work, um, in all your experiences and doing the energy work and everything, have there been any uh, either struggles or triumphs um, along the way that you'd like to share that kind of really maybe defined things for you or really taught you something,
1: kind of anything like that? Um. I think in terms of struggles I think it is an ongoing struggle to train horses in an ethical manner Mm. and and to be that kind of that robust example Mm -hmm. against the popular demand Mm -hmm. of you know rushing horses through training and through performance Mm -hmm. for profit and you know don't get me wrong i've i've been there you mm-hmm. know i've worked in that industry for many many years and i've produced competition horses for many years um but for me personally i think there is a better way
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm now i'm not interested in producing horses for you know for sale and mm-hmm. for competition and i mean i've I've competed a lot myself previously. Um, I competed in dressage for quite a number of years and I represented Wales on the Wales team for a couple of years in the senior home international competition that we have here. Um, And don't get me wrong, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, Uh uh And one day I may go back to it. I'm yeah, not I mean, I think it. there's a way
0: to do it where you can do it um, with keeping the horse in mind and making it a positive experience for the horse as well. I think there is a way to kind of bring everything together, but um, I definitely know what you mean about horses being rushed and um, that kind of thing too. So it's kind of an yeah. ever evolving thing, you know, I feel like you know, we've always, we've probably all done things where looking back, we're like, mm, that probably wasn't a good idea. And that wasn't really good for my horse. And, you know, we're kind of just always learning and growing and evolving. And when you learn something new, then you change things. And, um, you know, we're always learning more about our horses and how we can be better for them. And I think, you um, you were talking earlier about keeping an open open mind and, um, you know, just being willing to make that change. So I think that's kind of where it starts is um, just always learning more and trying to figure out how we can be better for our horses and, um, you know, making those changes when we need to. And I think more and more people are starting to do that. So um, I'm hoping that that kind of works its way into competition a little bit more. but yeah, it can definitely relate to what you're
2: saying.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there there can be a very big divide between people that are for competition and then people that are deadly against it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be either one or the other. I mean, I love mm-hmm. competing mm-hmm. and I love watching competitions Um you know, and I think there are some excellent people who compete, and there are some excellent people who don't compete. Mm-hmm. And then the same, the same also applies to the people who are not so good, who also right, right. compete, and those who don't. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think it's necessarily about, about the competition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think it's kind of, it's a very modern way now of you know it's all about money isn't mm. it you know yeah. juice yeah. and horses mm. as quickly as we possibly can to mm. sell them on and make the maximum amount of money. Mm. Um but I mean picking up on what you said a moment ago about you know we've probably all done things that we maybe shouldn't have done mm. but at the time you know we kind of we didn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I I listened to, I listened to a podcast. I can't think who it was, who was hosting the podcast, but it was with Leslie Desmond. I don't know if you've come across Uh Leslie Desmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she said one thing that really, really stuck with me. And, you know, she said, we've all been there and we've all done things that we probably shouldn't have done in the training of our Mm -hmm. horses. Mm -hmm. But at that moment in time, we didn't know any better we were doing mm-hmm. what we were led to believe was the correct thing and that actually we should be letting ourselves off the hook mm-hmm. because we were actually just being a good student at that time mm-hmm. and okay it may have been a it may have been a poor choice but that was what we were led to believe at the time was yeah. the right thing to do
2: yeah.
1: yeah, um you know and that that really kind of stuck with me um And, you know, like I say, we're all we're all learning all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's it's the people who are trying to kind of show others that are that there is a different way to train horses. Mm -hmm. I think those people are really, really important in today's world because. Although, yes, there are a lot of people who do want to compete and do want to make a lot of money out of horses and that's fine. That's their thing. Um, Equally, there are a huge amount of people who just want to enjoy their horses, Mm. Um, you know, and they need a way of training that is appropriate to them. So, you know, I mean, I think for those of us that are trying to show a different way of training horses, it is that that kind of that continual struggle to be a robust example against popular demand Mm -hmm. um you know and having that having that kind of ethical ability and bravery to stand up and say hey you know this is what I do this is what I believe in
2: Mm.
1: and I know it's not for everyone yeah um but you know I'm here to help people yeah, if yeah. they want to help. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of when you talk about struggles and triumphs. I think that is a yeah a continual struggle. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um,
0: but also a terms- triumph too when you do reach those people and are able to show people a better way, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, it's certainly a triumph then when you when you get to help the people and horses mm-hmm. and. You know, for me having, I mean, I've, I've got one horse now who he's quite an old boy, um, but he's my ex-competition horse. Mm. And OK, we never competed to a very high level because we weren't <laughs> very good. <bored>. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's 23 now. He's been with yeah. me pretty much the majority of his life. Um, you know, and he's been through competition work with me mm. and we're now training in a different manner and have been for a number of of years now Mm -hmm, mm so you know it's really rewarding to see that change in him and yeah yeah. and be able to kind of give him that experience as well yeah and show him that you know it's all it's not all about putting a huge amount of pressure on him
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: Um, you know and I think I think there's a lot of really really good work going on in the world now um, in terms of looking at equine behavior mm-hmm. um, I think there's a lot of new things that are coming out that we've never really kind of paid a lot of attention to previously and I think there are certainly a lot of lessons that can be learnt from from listening to that mm-hmm. and incorporating some of these aspects into how we manage our horses and how we train our horses um and I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for all the horses that I've ever trained. I think they have been my, my, my biggest teachers in yeah, life. Yeah. You know, every single horse is different. We all yeah, know that what works yeah. for one horse won't work for another. Um, so, you know, you are, you are constantly kind of evolving with your training and the way that you interact with your horses. You know, and trying to find ways that, Definitely. that work. For, yeah. For yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think it's just it's being, it's about being very, very brave and, and being, being brave to kind of live up to that integrity in your training. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us?
1: Um. Well, I mean, You've if they Yeah I mean we've we've covered quite a bit if anyone's interested in kind of finding out more and supporting me and what I do um, I've got a Facebook page which is called Precision Precision Equestrian Consultancy. Um, Like I say it's all very new I'm just kind of setting this up at the moment Um, but yeah anybody who wants to kind of Awesome. Yeah. me. Yeah. And I will put a link Amazing. for
0: that in the uh, notes for this podcast. So if you're listening, you can go ahead and check out the notes and find a link for um, Kate's Facebook page. So awesome. Cool. Well then um, to wrap us up here, I've got a few more questions for you. Um, and these, I just want a quick answer. First thing that comes off the top of your mind, um, you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. These are just for fun. Um, okay all right so here we go what is one thing you've learned recently and it can be about horses or anything
1: one thing I've learned recently um one thing I learned recently something which I which really made me kind of sit up and listen the other day which I think it was something that Karen Rolfe said on dressage Mm -hmm. naturally Mm -hmm. um she said that as people we may train many horses in our lifetime our horse has one life, mm. you know, and one opportunity to be trained by by us. Mm. So it's our responsibility to make that horse's life as comfortable and engaging as we possibly can. Mm. So, that's yeah, cool. yeah, that's something yeah. new that I've learned. Different way of
0: thinking yeah. about things. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, that's really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, awesome. All right, share a favorite horse memory.
1: Share, oh, share a favourite horse memory. <laughs> I know, there's
0: probably a lot to pick from.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are so many. So many. Um, I mean, I think probably the most recent that springs to mind is I've been taking advantage of the fabulous weather that we've had in springtime here at the moment. And I've just been spending a little bit of downtime and going out in the woods with my, with my old horse and just enjoying being kind of out and in the sun and out in the nice. woods, just relaxing and well, enjoying. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that's what's my most recent favorite memory. Awesome. Yeah. All
0: right. What is a book you are reading right now or have read recently?
1: Oh, <laughs> no. I I have not been reading books for quite a while. Um. The reason being, when I went back to university, um, which although that was a number of years ago now, I I had to make myself a rule because I knew that with running running kind of like freelance work and running a yard alongside studying for university, mm-hmm. I was not going to have an awful lot of time for my university work. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not the best student in the world, although I'm keen. I do like to procrastinate a lot. So <laughs> I made myself a rule when I started university until every single piece of work was completely finished and it was done and dusted. I was not going to allow myself to read any books that was not related into what I was, mm-hmm. what I was doing mm-hmm. with the whole
2: course.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, I spent... I spent five years studying for that yeah, okay. for both of my degrees yeah, so that was yeah. quite a long time that I yeah, didn't yeah, read books yeah. Yeah. um the the one book that I did kind of delve into after that which although it's a while ago now I I really kind of went into I think it's called the academic art of riding by Philip Carl okay mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I found that absolutely amazing mm, and i quite often yeah, refer back yeah. to that for sort of different training things um but to be honest at the moment i tend to i tend to listen to podcasts a lot
0: mm. well what's um,
1: your favorite like, podcast then oh <laughs> a number of favorite podcasts <laughs> um at the moment i mean i absolutely love karen Rolf's dressage naturally podcast mm, yeah. Comes out every week yeah. um that's a favorite of mine as soon yeah. as that one kind of drops onto my phone it's there playing in my car because I do yeah. a lot of driving so <laughs> that is one I anything, listen to as
2: well yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely I mean anything I can listen to while I'm driving is mm-hmm. a, is yeah, a yeah, massive bonus yeah. for me yeah. um I also I also like Warwick Schiller
0: okay mm-hmm.
1: his podcast yeah, I think yeah.
0: he's got some good
1: he, ones yeah he's, he's recently had some really interesting people on his mm-hmm. podcast yeah yeah um you know and it's it's not just about horses and horse training but you know wider aspects of life is, mm, right, it's right. Really yeah, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah. so that that's it for books i think really at the yeah. moment it's all yeah. about the podcast right yeah. now no,
0: hey i mean that's <laughs> okay too <laughs> you know, it can be hard to find that time so if you can do it well i like the, the podcast while i'm driving or you know working or whatever
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah definitely cool all right this is a fun one if you could share a message with the world what would it be
1: oh <laughs> oh oh no if I could share a message with the world what would it be I think my message would have to be to be true to yourself you know and do do what is right for you because I think it's it's very easy for us to get caught up in day-to-day life
2: Mm.
1: and to end up doing what we think is the right thing Mm. but it's not necessarily what we what we would really like to be doing Mm. and what kind of you know what really motivates us Mm. and gets us out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I think, yeah, definitely to to be true to yourself and do what you what you believe in, you know, have that integrity. Awesome.
0: Very cool. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. All right. Um awesome. So then um if listeners want to connect with you, the best place right now is your Facebook page.
1: Yeah, yeah, my Facebook okay. page, Precision Equestrian Consultancy. The website okay. should be up and running within the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Okay, awesome. Um, but yeah, Facebook at the moment is a good place to get hold of me. Right. And I'm more than happy to kind of chat about things and help people out and do whatever I can.
0: Cool. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and chatting with us. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great fun talking to you. And um, I wish you all the best.
3: Thank you for joining me today. I'd love it if you'd share your thoughts on this podcast in the comments. I always enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends.
0: If you're interested in connecting with Kate, make sure to check out her Facebook group, Precision
3: Equestrian Consultancy, and I'll put a link for that in the notes. If you want to learn more about developing a better partnership with your horse, you can check out our website, Tuskeedressage.com, or search for Tuskeedressage on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And you can also sign up for our virtual classroom on Patreon, at patreon.com backslash Dressage. And lastly, if you're looking to go even deeper into the lessons our horses have for us, you can check out my book, God's Heart Through a Horse's Eyes, available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Thanks again for joining me on Lessons from a Horse, and I'll see you next time.